Welcome to another episode of the Loving Life After Loss podcast. I am your host, Marie Alessi. Good morning, beautiful people. Marie Alessi here. Today, I want to talk to you about how I found my inner peace after Rob died. I believe it is one thing that is so important, um, not just to get to this stage of acceptance that your person has passed, but to actually find inner peace, to be at peace with it. That is a huge step and that is really next level to acceptance or in your healing journey. It is a really, really important step. And that is nothing that came easy to me or overnight. It really was such a process for me to get to that stage. And I actually want to walk you through that and see if there's anything for you in there that you can use that resonates with you that might be ringing true for you as well. There were a couple of different steps for me. Uh, First of all, I was really lucky enough that I had uh, a couple of chats with Rob about the what if scenario. What would happen if something was to happen to either of us? Of course, none of us thought that this would ever be reality in our life. We kind of treated this as, treated it, is a, let's try again, treated it as theory. That was a mouthful. And um, I don't think we ever consciously, consciously thought about that. But in the whole thinking back of what we, what we talked about, the one essence of all of it was always the, I want you to be happy. And for me, when you really bring it back to love, love is really that simple. Love just wants you to be happy. And this is what I truly built my entire healing journey on, the knowing that Rob just wants me to be happy. No matter what I do, no matter what I choose, what I focus on, I know that Rob wants us to be happy. Because truth to be told, that's what I would want for him if the roles were reversed. If I had passed and Rob was left behind with the boys, I would want him to be happy. I would want him to do whatever he could to create the happiest life possible for my three men. So that was a thought that already put me at ease, that already gave me a sense of peace somewhat, uh, knowing that I was on that path, knowing that everything I chose in life, I chose to make us happy, to allow happiness and joy back into our lives. And it was not always easy, yet the decision was simple, if that makes sense. Simple doesn't always make things easy, yet my entire life was all about simplifying things. And I really got into that situation that a lot of you might be able to relate to, where You just don't sweat the small stuff like we so nicely say here in Australia. And I didn't even know what that saying meant till Rob explained it to me. But that's exactly it. You know, don't sweat the small stuff. Really just focus on the things that are important. What is important to you in life? Love is important. Love is really all there is. Love is all that counts in our lives. And by me putting the focus on love, on giving love, on feeling love, on finding love, on seeing love, on feeling love all around me. This is what you attract into your life. What you focus on is what grows. There was another thing that was really, really important to me. And uh, I remember back then when my dad passed, so I'm talking about almost 30 years ago now, I 
was not at peace with that for a really long time. I didn't have the tools back then that I have now. I did have a very different mindset. I was still very much stuck in poor me, in victimhood. I didn't know how to deal with it. I thought everything was happening against me. And um, it also, quite frankly, shook my faith quite tremendously. I thought, if there was a God, how dare you take my dad away from me? You know, how could you do that? And all these things that people say, oh, you know, the good ones always die young. I'm like... I don't agree with that anymore. Back then I did, but now I don't anymore because I think maybe with the good ones, I mean, it's us who put that judgment on who's good, who's bad. But if we go with that judgment, if we go with those labels, the good ones, Rob was definitely one of them. And I don't think that God takes the good ones first. That just so doesn't agree with me, you know. I just feel that maybe with the good ones, it just hits us a lot harder. It's more apparent. We notice it more. And that's why I believe that this misconception was construed in some sort of way, shape or form. Speaking about faith, my strongest belief is that Rob and I had a soul contract, that we, on a soul level, for whatever reason, chose this path and that his passing, his early departure was all part of that. And when I look at what I do now, what I have created out of our adversity and how I'm now helping hundreds and thousands of people out there, I have received so much feedback for our movement that we've created here. And you are all part of it. Every single one of you who's here in this movement, who's engaging, who's commenting, who's questioning, who's liking, who's putting a supportive comment on there, you are all part of this beautiful movement that we have started here it's not just me it's all of us i am such a big believer in collaboration in community and when we come together to hold space for people this is where we heal we heal best when we are uh, in a collective in a community when we are supported when we have people around us who believe in healing, who hold space for us on our healing journey. And all of you in this group have done a phenomenal job to do so. So when I had this realization, and that was not, oh, it's one epiphany, and the next day everything changed for me, it was a process for me to realize, to really own that. At first I didn't even dare to talk about it because I understand that everyone's faith is different. And that not everybody might have this belief, you know, about soul contracts or that we choose that on a soul level. So often we hear, well, I didn't choose to lose my husband. Well, from a human point of view, I feel the exact same. Well, I didn't choose to lose my husband. Yet from a soul level, I believe that we chose that, that Rob and I formed this contract. For me to go forth and create what I am doing here, I see a lot of purpose and a lot of big picture in here. And there was definitely also a lesson for Rob in there that he wanted to learn, that he chose for the greater good for himself, for all of us. And I understand this might be a huge concept for some of you to accept or to understand or to even become friends with. And if there's anybody watching this here who would like to have a conversation about that, please do send me a private message, send me an email, put a comment below. I'd really love to have a chat to you about that because it has really changed my life completely. 
And it has also changed the way that I run this movement, the way that I hold space for people, the way that I have really completely opened my heart to what's to come, to what's out there, to the pain that I feel in the group and the healing that I want to provide in this group. This group has been designed to offer a space of healing, to welcome people in that are suffering, that are hurt, that do feel this excruciating pain of losing somebody so dear to you that they don't know how to hold their heart together, let alone open it up for healing. That whole concept of opening your heart, it takes a lot. There is a lot of fear. It's scary to open your heart when you feel so wounded. Yet this is what I'm here for. This is uh, what I see as my mission, as my calling, to be there to hold space for you so you can come and feel safe, so you can come and receive the healing that you want to allow into your life. I'm here to hold your hand, your heart, your mind all along the way. It really worked so beautifully for me and when my transformation started to happen it was so apparent to the outside world they were really puzzled they didn't know what to do with me they thought oh she's not grieving her husband properly or maybe she's still in shock or maybe she's still in denial there were so many questions and uh, frowns and nobody knew what I was doing because my approach to healing my approach to dealing with grief is so different to what society teaches us. And the most beautiful part is, it's not that the grief has completely disappeared out of my life. I just treat it very differently. I have always treated grief like a visitor, not ever like a permanent resident. And when grief comes to visit, when there are triggers like a song, a movie, you know, like for a long time, no matter what movie we watched as a family, the dad passed in a movie, whether there was a comedy, a tragedy or anything, in almost every movie we picked the dad passed. And I'm like, how on earth is this possible? How do we keep picking movies where the dad passes and it triggers stuff for us? And now I see it as another opportunity to heal. Every time when there is a trigger, I allow it. I allow the tears to flow. I allow to sit with it. I allow to feel the pain and cry it out. It's like a rain or thunderstorm and then the next day there is sunshine and clearance or rainbows whatever but there's always this like when it happens in nature you feel that freshness the next the next day or even after the storm has passed it's beautiful and sometimes the rain can last for days and that's okay too but we all know it's temporary it never rains for years on end it never does it's always temporary. It's the same with pain. It's the same with grief. It can come. It can visit. It can do its job to clear everything out, to cry out the emotions that need to be cried out. I don't know if you've ever noticed that, but I had um, a few times during my healing journey where I felt the tears bottling up and I could feel there was emotion bottling up and I couldn't cry it out. I could feel the knot in my throat, yet I couldn't cry. I don't know if you've ever experienced that. It actually sometimes really hurts when you can't cry. But you can't make, you cry, make yourself cry either, if that makes sense. So when something does happen that triggers you, that you cried out, embrace it. It's that clearance that you need. Embrace it. 
And when you embrace it, also embrace the hidden gifts that you can find in those triggers. Look out for the hidden gifts. Look out for the treasures. Look out for the lessons that come with it. It's not easy at first, yet it will come. It will come with practice and it will, it will come with the right environment. If you create it, when you allow it, you know, so many people say time heals all wounds, you'll feel better. It's not true. I'm sorry to say that, but time doesn't heal any wounds. It's you. It's your decision. It's your choice to allow it in. And I cannot highlight that often enough. Happiness and healing are both just one decision away. I'd really love to connect with you. If there's anything in there for you that really triggered something for you where you would like to talk about or if you would like to hear more from what we have to share in our movement, then please hit the subscribe button. Switch on those notifications. Come and join our group. And I'd be so happy to connect with you on a personal level. I'm sending you so much love. This is Marie signing off. Bye for now. Thank you for listening to our podcast. If you enjoyed the show and you would like to find out more about loving life after loss, please visit marialessi.com. I shall see you next week. Bye.